Nation, episode 643. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. If you love this show, you're going to love my daily pep talk. It's free for everyone. It's a quick two, three-minute motivation every single day at 8.25 a.m. to get you going. You can catch it live. You can catch it recorded on my Instagram channel or on my Simon Chan. It's free for everyone. Hey, I'm here to motivate you and pump you up, and I look forward to seeing you on my daily pep talk. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Michelle Cunningham. Hey, Michelle, are you ready to make it happen? Come on. I'm totally ready. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan. I love your show. I love your podcast. I love everything. So such an honor to be here. Thank you, Michelle. Well, for those who don't know Michelle Cunningham, Michelle was in pharmaceutical sales and then in commercial real estate before she got started in network marketing. She has over 17 years of experience as an MLM leader and built a team of over 30,000 customers. She's also the author of Do It Anyway, a book that empowers network marketers with scripts and a simple step-by-step formula to get results. So, Michelle, welcome to ML Nation. Why don't you take us back to almost a long, long time ago? I don't want to make you sound like you're so old, but long, long time ago, you got lots of experience. How did you go from you know being pharmaceutical sales and real estate to doing network marketing? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I think an important part of the story is kind of my childhood. I think that gave me a lot of desire to want more. I grew up incredibly poor. My mom was a single mom. My parents divorced when I was six years old. And so my mom raised a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old, basically with no income, and said, you know what, I better open a daycare in her house. And so I always was the kid growing up that had less than those around me, less than the middle-class kids around me. And I always grew up feeling different than those around me. And because of that, I retreated inward. Instead of trying to stand out and, and like be loud, I decided to just be quiet and be shy. And so that's how I grew up. And I realized at about 13 years old that if I wanted to have something, I was going to need to work for it in order to pay for that thing. So whether it was a, a backpack on the first day of school or cleats for soccer or anything, even bringing oranges to soccer when I was in charge of oranges, that was a big stressful ordeal in our house when I had to bring oranges to the soccer practice, I realized that I had to work for it. And so that's what I did at a young age and um, paid my way through college, graduated college, landed my dream job as pharmaceutical sales rep and realized at that moment, like, this is so boring. I hate working for someone. I hate having a boss. And like three months into that job, this dream job where I was driving a company car, making a great paycheck with a laptop computer and an expense account, I had this feeling in my heart that I was made for more than this, right? And and I say to people that when you have that feeling, you're a bona fide entrepreneur stuck in a nine to five and you need to rise up out of that. And so I had that feeling and it was at that time my coworker's wife invited me to a hotel room event and she was selling for a home party rep company, selling skincare and makeup. And I said, okay, what's this? So I go to this hotel room with her and there's a lady in the room claiming to make six figures. Another one's a millionaire. Another one's driving a free car. And I'm like, this is either a fantastic opportunity or this is totally a scam. <laughs> I went home and I told my mom about it. And she confirmed that indeed it was uh, probably a scam. So I shouldn't get involved. So I listened to her for a week. And a week later, I remembered I was 23. And at 23, you don't listen to your mom. <laughs> so I signed up anyway. And that was, gosh, that was 17 years ago, right? So this was 2002 when I signed up. 
And when I signed up back then in 2002, there was no Facebook and there was no text message. And as a shy introvert from humble beginnings, it was kind of like a nightmare for me when I sat down with my upline and she said, the way that you build your business is you're going to walk up to strangers in parking lots and meet women at the grocery store. And I remember sitting there at this restaurant, looking at her, feeling horrified, <laughs> like, you don't understand, like, I can't talk to people. And so I didn't talk to people for the next six years. And that's what's maybe a unique part of my story is that from age 23 to 29, I took no action. I was frozen in fear. I, I bought a company inventory. I had $3,000 sitting on my shelf with no one to sell it to and completely frozen in fear. And at 29 years old, in my commercial real estate job, I was just, just done with that job, right? I was fed up enough. And I said, I got to make this work. And I found a lady that sold for the company in our town. And I said, can you help me out? And that phone call is what then changed the entire trajectory of my life. Wow. First of all, uh, how did you find this lady? Who's this? Uh, was it just like an upline, upline? Who's this lady? Yeah. So in our company that I was with, you could, they had a program where you could just find anyone in the company and they would help you kind of like a loving, supportive thing. And so she was just a lady that happened to be with the company. And I knew that she drove a company car. I knew she was a big deal. And so I reached out to her and said, Hey, I'm looking for a meeting to go to, to figure out what I'm doing. She said, great, come to ours. And so I went to this meeting and, uh, and she was loving and caring. And she said, I don't care that you've been stuck for six years. You can get unstuck and be where you want to be in six months. You know, I'll give you a plan. And it was kind of like, that's what I needed. And her plan and her simple action and her belief finally got me into the right action to change my life. So what did she do differently? That Because um, you're, you're introverted and shy. So what was this plan that helped you get outside your comfort zone? Or maybe, what did you do? Yeah, what was so interesting about her is that she said one thing that really changed changed my thinking, which was successful women feel the fear and do it anyway, which at the time I didn't know that. I just thought that successful women came from successful families and had success throughout their whole life. But when she said that, I thought, oh, is that true? And her story was so great because similar to mine, she had come from a broken story. She still had social anxiety. She hated talking in front of crowds. She would get a red rash on her neck when she talks in front of people. Still to this day, she does. And, and yet she had fought through that and achieved success. And so she was so relatable to me. And I was like, man, if this lady can do this, like, get out of your own way, Michelle, go do this. And so she literally told me what to say at my appointments. She told me how to start texting people and how to start meeting people and didn't make me do things I didn't want to do. Right. Sometimes we have an upline that tells us the only way to do it to get your leads is to do this. And I would wholeheartedly disagree. I think there's a hundred different ways to generate leads. And you have to find the one way that works for you that won't get you stuck and frozen in fear. And so I started using text message. I started using Facebook. I started doing unique things that were generating tons and tons of leads that were booking my future parties and booking my future clients that, that really changed everything for me. And so, um, so I always tell people, if you can figure out a few really great ways to generate leads, you know, if you've got five really good ways that work for you, give it your all with those five ways and generate as many leads as possible, and then become a master at getting them booked for appointments. So let's talk about five. Give us five good ways to generate leads. I think that's a common problem that most people have. They talk to their warm markets, or even they're scared to talk. How do you find five good ways? Yeah, so what was interesting about what I did is I built in person, but I also built online. And so it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. So one of those five ways is I did in person, I did lead jars. 
some lead jars were a little glass jar from the dollar store. I got a little sign on the back that was laminated that said, enter to win a free, you know, whatever we were offering. And I would put little slips there, a little pen, and I'd put a few fake leads in there. Otherwise, no one would, no one wanted to be the first to enter. And I would put them around town at places that women frequented because I sold a product that women wanted. So I put them at hair salons, nail salons, salad shops, smoothie places, anywhere that women went and they were hanging out for a period of time and they felt relaxed. That's the places that generated the most leads. And every week we'd go check on those jars and sure enough, we'd have leads. And initially it was me doing that. And then I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I can hire someone to do this for me. So I ended up hiring someone who put out jars for me. And then it grew to just 10 jars to 20 to 30 to 100. Then my team was doing it. We literally had lead jars in every business everywhere throughout our whole town, which really worked. I mean, it was it's such a silly, simple idea, but it, it worked brilliantly for us and generated so many leads and so many appointments. And uh, so that was one way. Number two. Hey, let me ask you something. This is really uh, this is good. This is really good. How do you get the, uh, the owner or whatever the place to agree to let you put the jar there? Yeah, this is what's so fantastic. Simon, this is the best story ever. I, I went to a training and they're like, there's a girl that put out 80 jars. She has an amazing script. And, and you had to click on the link to get into the script. And I open up this document. <laughs> there literally is one line across the top. And it says this, hey, can I leave this here so people can enter to win? And I was like, stop it. <laughs> My name is this, not anything. Just, hi, can I leave this here so people can enter to win? Because... You would never walk into an ice cream shop and say, hi, my name's Jessica. Buzzer, you're selling something, Mm. right? So we don't walk into a business and say that. And we don't dress up in a suit. We go kind of acting cool. We could even have our kids with us. Just say, hey, can I leave this here so people can enter to win? Kind of like you're a soccer mom or you're selling Girl Scout cookies. Like, no big deal. Can I leave this here so people can enter to win? And people said yes. More often than not, they said yes. It what adds value to the store. There's like a kind of community. Like if you're just in a business and like, no, no, get away. But if you become like a soccer mom, like, yeah, you know what? Just kind of building community and people have a, like an added bonus to the store. They can win something, right? Totally. And that's what they loved it. I said, we, I partner up with local businesses to provide, you know, we were offering pampering, right? Whatever your word is, to offering pampering to your clients. So, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing. Cool. All right. What's number two? Five good ways to, uh, what's the second one? This is a good pandemic one. So if you're like, I don't want to do lead jars and people are touching things, pandemic craziness, fine. Then make some signs up on canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. You can create a lead jar, but with a QR code. And I think the best thing that has come out of this pandemic right now is that QR codes have become normal for everybody. People know how to use them. A few years ago, you had to download a QR code reader. They were super complicated. Now you go to a restaurant and you're like, boom, put my camera over it. Oh my gosh, click the link and you're like, I'm in. And so that's what's so beautiful about this time that we're in. It's like the most exciting thing ever is you can make these signs up. Enter to win a free whatever, boom, QR code. Get those puppies laminated. Make them look beautiful on Canva. Canva is free. I love it. And uh, get those put up around town. Now, what I think is really super exciting is the fact that Towns are no longer have boundaries with the pandemic because if you're selling your product in an online environment now using a Facebook Live, then guess what? If you put those QR codes in Texas or Tennessee or Nebraska or Florida, those all those people can attend your virtual event, which literally means our opportunity is limitless at this point. Like if you've got a sister that lives in Florida and you know someone in Texas and you know someone in Virginia, 
why would you not send them those and say, hey, could you just stick these around town when you're out for me? And get those things running on autopilot. And it's so beautiful because when they scan that, you lead them into a Google form. And the important part of leading them into that Google form is that Google form banner needs to match the branding from the form. So if the form had a pink flower and a heart, you better believe your, your Google form should match that branding and look, look professional. It's really important, but it just says, congratulations, you are enter to win, enter to win, enter your name and phone number and we'll contact you if you're a winner name, phone number. And then the follow up after that, it'll say, congratulations, we'll contact you in 30 days if you're a winner. And what's so amazing about that is all of your leads get organized into an amazing spreadsheet. And when you get to the point where you have too many leads, well, now you can start using some text services, some automated services like a Scipio or a project broadcast that allow you to send mass quantities of messages, which was the machine that we were running. So um, these signs, where do you put them at? If you kind of print them out, make them like a kind of a poster board and... Yeah, just actually just print them on paper. If we want to keep it really cheap, you know, your my best bet for those signs was to print them on fluorescent paper with black ink and put them at college campuses, anywhere your target market is hanging out, right? So we were always looking for women 25 and older. So it was nail salons, hair salons, smoothie shops, ice cream shops, even like PTA meetings. So anywhere that, that women would be frequenting, that, that those businesses would allow you to do it. It seemed like more mom-and-pop locations were open to it versus franchises. Yeah. Okay, number three, what, what else do you have? Number three is when I started to, this is crazy, but I started to build a YouTube channel. And so I said one day, I'm kind of bored, like an entrepreneur, we get bored. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to train people on what I'm doing. And so I started loading up one video a week, not knowing what I was doing, not knowing anything about video, and being a self-proclaimed introvert, right? Like, I can't do this, but yes, you can. I went on Google, I went on YouTube, and I figured out how to start a YouTube channel. And once a week, I would load up a video with just a training of what I was doing. And six months after taking that consistent effort week after week, people started to reach out to me and say, I've been following your training. Seems really easy. I could definitely do this. Can I join your team or can I buy products from you? And so my YouTube channel became a kind of a very passive, simple lead magnet. And when I first started that channel, I knew nothing about funnels or you know, uh, landing pages. I knew none of that. All I knew was just to get them to reach out to me. I'd say, if you want to reach me, just shoot me a text message. I mean, just on a very basic level. So people would text and ask to join my team. And initially it was just one, two, three people. And then it was four, five, six people a month. Uh, one of my top producers found me. Uh, she joined my team. She had 700 people to my downline very quickly and several other hotshots. What was so beautiful about that was that I was a network marketing coach. So I was attracting network marketers who had maybe fallen out of the industry, wanted to get back in, wanted something simpler. Uh, and so they were attracted to me, but they knew the grind of what network marketing looked like. Hmm. So it's kind of an accident, but awesome. Yeah, I think uh, you, you brought up a good point. Is uh, You don't need to know everything to get started. You didn't even know anything about funnels, but you just said, text me, and you're able to get results, right? And you're learning on the go, which is, I think, a lot of times it holds people back. Like, I need to know everything. Be perfect. But then by the time you wait for perfect, you just lost out on what opportunity. Totally. All right. What's number four? Number four would be, this is a funny story. I was listening to a call, a training call one night and this girl goes, I've been getting, she was from Tennessee. So she had a little accent. She said, I've been getting 20 new referrals at each of my parties from everybody that attends. And I'm like, what is this madness? But she literally was just having people after she'd do her presentation, she'd say, Hey, if you know someone that might enjoy this, put their name down here. And so they were just writing it down. 
kind of not in it. She didn't even have a sheet for it. So that night I stayed up and I'm like, you know what? We need a sheet for this. And so I called it the fabulous game. If you Google it, you'll see Michelle Cunningham fabulous game, but it's a word document I made and it was first name, last name, text, cell, uh, and then 20 lines, name, and then date. And, uh, you know, put the names and phone numbers of friends that you think would enjoy what you experienced today. It's a contest. Person that gives the most names wins a prize. And so I would play that game right after they liked me after the presentation. There's a point in your party where they don't like you in the beginning. They don't know you. They don't trust you. But then they like your products. Now they like you. And I would play it about that point. It was about 25 minutes in. And say, this is a fabulous game. If you know anyone who's fabulous that would enjoy a session just like you received, put their name, their number. If I should text them, circle text. Call if I should circle call. And the winner gets a prize. And uh, I would put that out there. And people, the first time I played it, I remember getting, I had five people there. Four of them gave me 20 names. And one other girl gave me eight names. And it was at that moment that I'm like, whoa, I think we're onto something here. And then just that very simple game. We, we got so many leads at all of our appointments that one appointment would lead to the next appointment, to the other appointment. And it just started to spiderweb in such a huge way. And so if you're in front of anybody, it's like, how can you turn that one person into 20 people? And that was our mission with every person that we meant to maximize that. That's not just one person. You turn into 20 people. And with the right script, we were booking one out of 10 of those people for a future appointment. So it was bringing us a constant flow of leads so we didn't have to continually go out and talk to people. Yeah. So what was the, if you win the game, what type of prize would you give them? Yeah, it's a great question. We had a basket in the center of the table, all fluffy, cute, a little bit of put some wrap around it, some ribbons, make it all girly. Our target audience was women. And it would be $5 or less. You know, people would think you'd have to give something extraordinary. No, it would be like a candle with some chocolates and maybe a little little sample of some, some of our products. Yeah. So, you know, I think the rich get rich by living like they're poor. The poor get poor by living like they're rich. We've got to watch our budgets when we're doing this kind of stuff. So it was never anything out, outlandish. So $5 or less, or you can even go to AliExpress. We did this all the time, AliExpress.com, and we'd buy earrings. We'd get little business cards from Vistaprint. We'd stick them on these little business cards and make them look like cute little things, put them in little bags, and give people earrings. And they were thrilled. They didn't know they were 90 cents. Just presentations, everything. All right, last part, last one. How do you get, number five. Yeah. Fifth with the leads. I will say with that fabulous game, you can do it virtually now, right? So yep. you do your five, now just lead them to a, a Google form. So that's how to play it virtually. Number, uh, number five is deal or no deal, right? <laughs> Some people say, I don't think games work. Well, we, I mean, I grew a whole business on games. So uh, we played Deal or No Deal, and that was right after the Fabulous game. We'd say, hey, if you would like to come back for another appointment, we have three different types of appointments you can come back for. One is a tuck-me-into-bed pajama party. Two is a mother-daughter whatever. And three is something else. You kind of cater it to whatever you sell. And so the way the games works is you say, deal, if you want to come back, pick an appointment, and uh, win a prize. You get a prize today for saying deal. And if you and say no deal, if you don't want to come back, you don't want to invite friends, and you hate winning prizes, we would like giggle, and they would each have an envelope. Nowadays, you can just do it virtually and have them open a bag behind you. You can have 20 bags lined up and say, you know, when they say deal, great, Jessica, you won. What bag would you like to open? Hmm. Boom, this is the prize that she gets, and you can ship it to her or give it to her at her follow-up appointment. Uh, and, and that works in a virtual stage, or that also works in person, and so cheesy little game, but super productive for us. We would find that about half of the people that we presented that game to would book a follow-up appointment. And, and it was way more effective than saying, we were a party company, right? Way more effective than saying, hey, do you want to book a party? No one wants to book a party because it sounds like work. 
but they'll they'll take a deal to win a prize. Same thing, different response, different result. Yeah, I love that. You know, this sounds really fun. So, a deal or no deal? So, if I say deal, what do I what do I have to do? Deal, Simon. You got to pick a party. Which one would you like? You want to do the pajama party, the tuck me into bed pajama party, the mother daughter event, father daughter event, or the whatever? Which one did you want to do? Okay, and then uh, I will send you an invite virtually. You can send your friends to invite them, and you get to pick a prize right now for saying deal. So, which one? Oh, would I you see. Do? You can oh, flash like your that's gift cool. Bed. Oh, no deal. Then I feel like a loser. I go home empty handed. I don't get anything. Yeah, no one wants to say no deal because we say you say no deal if you if you don't want to pick a party, you don't want to invite friends, and you hate winning prizes. And then we would giggle, and then they would giggle, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to say no deal. I don't want to be a loser." You want to be but a party pooper too. Everyone's saying yeah, right. deal. You're a party pooper. <laughs> totally. That's so good. So good. So how do you build a business as an introvert? I guess maybe you touched upon this. Yeah, it's a great question. I think the biggest thing that I did and realized was that successful women feel the fear and do it anyway. And so for me, and I talk about this, uh, in, in my book, I talk about it in so many things for me, I had to get a small win to feel confident. And, and so many of us are waiting for confidence to get started. It doesn't work that way. You have to take steps to then gain confidence to then get a little bolder and take the next step. So for me, that first step was going to my first networking event and saying, I've got to meet people today. This is totally out of my comfort zone, but I need to meet people because I have no one to sell to. So I went to my first networking event, met some people, left with 20 business cards. And as much as I was super scared to do that, that was my first baby move. I got in my car and I was so proud of myself that I had 20 business cards. And I had no plan at that point with what I was going to do with them. But I was like, man, I'm kind of cool. Okay. Okay. All right. Now <laughs> I got to message these people. And so it's just getting a small win. It's, it's so important to get your first small win and then take that small win and do it again and then do it again. And then in the process, you're learning what, what's working for you and you're testing things out. I always treated it like a game, right? Like, oh, that didn't work in the game. <laughs> Lost one there, right? It was like, it's kind of like a video game. We're going to get some people that are going to book with us. Some will not. Some are going to like this. Some will not. It was just a game. And so if you treat it like a game, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I think I see a common thing there. You like to have fun. There are all these are very fun stuff. Like uh, yeah. gamify. I think that's like all the addictive apps are gamify, right? You try to get a little points. You don't try to focus on the result. You just focus like deal or no deal. You go for the fun stuff, and that makes you do the activity. Ultimately, you get used to it and you get good at it. Yep, absolutely. That's so what we did. before we talk about your book, this is my favorite question. What was your worst moment in that marketing to the point <laughs> you wanted to quit, but you did it, and that's why you are where you are today. Oh man, it was this party that I went to. It was like one of these parties and I, I had to drive to this lady's house and it's sleeting and it's raining and she lives in an apartment building and it's dark out and she lives on the fourth, fourth floor and there's no lights outside this apartment building. And I get to the door with all of my stuff. I'm carrying my whole presentation with me. I get to the door. I'm knocking. They don't answer. It, it Five minutes passes. I'm standing in the sleeting rain. They finally let me in. I get into the hallway just to paint the, the picture, it looks like the hallway hasn't been vacuumed in like three months, like disgusting, maybe three years, longer than that. Uh, it smells like smoke. I get in the elevator, I get to the fourth floor, it smells like urine. I mean, we're talking like, what am I doing with my life? And I get up there to their apartment, I knock on the door scared. And when I open the door, a, a waft of like smoke hits my face. And I'm like, oh, and I walk in and, and I talk about this in my book, but I said, you know, one of the important parts of our party was that you need to have a table to sit around. And I realized that I should have probably informed her of that because there was no table in this apartment. 
And the girl that walked in the door, first there was one girl that was there that didn't make eye contact with me. The hostess was relatively nice. And I start to set up my little presentation and another girl joins the party and she walks in and she's smoking a cigarette. She's all disheveled. She walks in and she determines the second she walks in the door that she just hates me. Like, we're not friends. And so I call her a bad unicorn. She's very bad. And so she comes in. And uh, she just is there to just heckle. She's a heckler. You know, we all have had hecklers at our parties. And if you haven't, you haven't held enough. And so I've got a heckler in the house. And uh, I've never gone through my presentation as quick as that. I think it was a 10-minute presentation. I think I sold one item. And I've never been so happy to get out of there. Uh, And I remember driving home and just kind of saying a little prayer like, you know what, Uh, God, I know that you blessed my efforts. So please, just, just anything. And What was so crazy about that story is I actually played the referral game as I was like packing up just to entertain them, just to like get away from them and not talk to them. So I was packing up, they're playing the referral game and the hostess, I only kept her referrals because the other two scared me, (laughs) but the hostess gave me a referral to the president of Case Western College. It's a really fancy college in Ohio, uh, the sorority president. And when I messaged that sorority president, she connected me to every sorority on campus, which led to thousands and thousands of dollars of revenue and new recruits and sales over the course of the next few years. Wow. At really bad party. And so I just always remind people, look for that silver lining. Look, I, I do believe our efforts are blessed. Sometimes we're just stuck in the, in the mud in that moment, but just know that something good will come from every effort you put out there. It's also a lot, a lot of times the ones that, you think were the worst meetings turn out to be great. Yeah. Right? And vice versa. If you think, oh, this is going to be an awesome meeting, turns out to be a dud, right? Like no one gives you, you get no sales there. But that's awesome. So very good story. Thank you for sharing, sharing that. <laughs> hey, so talk about a little bit about uh, your book. What made you write it? And then what's it about? How can it help people? Yeah. So, okay. Like I was having this crazy feeling. It's called Do It Anyway, Girl. But I was having this crazy feeling one night where I'm like, if I die and I didn't write a book, I'm going to be really mad at myself. And then I was like, well, shoot, you don't know when you're going to die. You should just write a book now. Like, let's just like cut to the chase. And I would say that to everybody. Like, if you have a dream in your heart, get it done now because we don't know what tomorrow brings. And more, more now than ever, you look at what's going on with the world and the pandemic and lives have been changed pretty dramatically. And it's just like, you know what, let's do what we need to do now. And so, so I just decided to write my book and, and it was just, So many people will say to me, Michelle, I'm stuck in my business. I don't know how to get unstuck. What should I do? And I don't honestly have just a one sentence answer for you. I have a journey that I can share with you of how I was stuck for six years and how I finally got unstuck by going to a networking event. And then I emailed those people the script. And so this book is literally, I go to the event, I leave with the business cards and I test out an email and I give you the email in here. And then the next step is I text them to book the appointment and I give you the text in here. So it's, it's very like it's text driven and email driven in here. I give you my actual scripts, the things I was saying, the things I was doing, the games I was playing, including the fabulous game and deal or no deal, uh, that, that actually give you actionable steps to take. Because I think I struggled for so long, number one, because I didn't believe in myself, but number two, I didn't know what to do. And so I don't ever want someone in the network marketing industry to say, I don't know what to do. I wanted to put together a guy that's like, no, dude, if you're stuck, like just start doing some of this stuff. You know what I mean? It's different. It we, we all build differently, but this is how I did a little bit in person and then how I started building online. But it's just a, it's a kind of an unstuck guide. And, it, and I called it a playful, simple, unique guide to achieving success in network marketing. And I share some funny stories in there about, you know, the bad unicorns I've met along the way and uh, <laughs> some of that stuff. 
Cool. And we'll definitely put a link where you can get the book on the show notes page. Hey, um, how important is consistency to success? 100%. Most important thing ever. I never saw less than 100 clients personally every single month, my entire journey, once I finally got started. Oh, you mean 100 prospects a month? Yeah. I was in front of 100 new people every single month, right, of, of my own personal. And then plus my teams, that was thousands. But like, just I, I personally made sure that every week I was in front of 25 new people showing my products and my opportunity. Never, like without fail, that was my number. Our company said, hey, you should be in front of 30 people a month. I'm like, how about 100? 100 would probably get you better results. Mm. It's a people business, but it's a numbers game. That's awesome. Very, very inspiring. I think that's, thank you for sharing that. Because a lot of times people, they want to like, oh, I want to make it big. I want to go big. But they don't realize what it takes. Like 100, 100 presentations. Yeah, that will get you there pretty quickly. If you want something new and different, go check out this group, Purpose Driven Networkers. It's the only group where you get to prospect with myself and other top leaders at least 15 times a week. You also get accountability. And if you're stuck and not sure how to reply back to prospects, then you get to send me screenshots of your conversations and I'll guide you on what to say. You also get access to over 180 different trainings that should teach you everything from building your business on Instagram to prospecting LinkedIn to even more traditional methods of building such as doing home meetings or coffee shop meetings. It also has a five-step program that help you get your next customer or rep within 28 days. And most people get a lot, lot quicker than that. No other group in network marketing can give you this type of training coaching, and accountability combined. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level, go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, that's www.PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Hey, um, thank you so much for sharing the nuggets you um, gave Michelle. As we go towards the end of the show, some quick questions to pick your brain, and these can be quick one-liners. The first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? What other people think about me is none of my business. Mm, it's great I like that. For people pleasers out there. I'm a people pleaser, but I had to remind myself this isn't about pe- pleasing people. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Yeah, I think that it, it was consistency. To be honest, it was just 25 people every single week was just that very simple consistency. And 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 I was having kids. I was, <laughs> you know, I had a lot going on. But it was like, how can I just squeeze this in between a diaper change and like eating? I'm going to send a few messages. So it was messy, but I was getting it done. It doesn't have to be perfect. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Hmm, that's a really good one. Oh, gosh. I would probably say um, one person will not dictate your success. Just a really good reminder. That's good. Prospect. That's really good. What was the favorite prospecting tool you use? So say you have a qualified prospect. Do you do a meeting or do you send a video out? What did you like to do? Or just go right to the whole meeting? Yeah, we, we did a mixture of both. But I did I make, I made my own YouTube video that was pretty solid that kind of shared our opportunity in 13 minutes. Our company didn't really have any, so we kind of had to create our own. So that was mostly, it was like that was one of the layers. We kind of layered people. So there was that, and then they come to an event, and, and they do a virtual event. So there was a few layers. And at some point in that layering, they would join. Aside from uh, Facebook, or Instagram, or TikTok, LinkedIn, what's your favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Wow. 
oh, I have so many. It's so exciting. Oh, I really am into this one. I just made a video about it. It's called Facetune Video. So hmm. film a video, load that video up in there, and you can soften your face a little and make your teeth look super white before you load it onto uh, YouTube. It's awesome. And what are, aside from your book, what are two, three books you could recommend? Okay. The book that changed the game for me is Sarah Robbins' book, which was such a crazy honor that she wrote the foreword for my book. It was kind of this cool moment. But when I read her book, Rock Your Network Marketing Business, it changed everything for my business. So I love that book. I recommend it to everyone. And it teaches you to lead with the opportunity. Uh, and, and our growth, our, our recruiting grew exponentially after reading that book. Um, another favorite book of mine, Ray Higdon, is always great. Uh, you know, Ray Higdon on his website just has this, it's tiny little pocket scripts. Uh, it's like network marketing scripts, a little black book. It's really good. I think it's called like network marketing scripts. <laughs> that little book is pretty handy. Uh, so that would be number two. And oh, number three, gosh. You know, I know Rachel Hollis is a bit controversial uh, in the network marketing world. Uh, but aside from that, I do have to say I do like her two books. Girl, Wash Your Face. I like that book. And finally, the last question, the million dollar question. You ready? Yes. So imagine... You have to start all over again, and you know what? So you even know your kids. You're like an alien that went to another planet. But you have your, all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch? Oh, I'd be on YouTube in a heartbeat. YouTube to a landing page on Flowdesk in a very basic, basic way. <laughs> I would send traffic right to a landing page. And what will you talk about on the YouTube? I would talk about network marketing tips to attract network marketers. If I want to recruit, I want to recruit network marketers. So if you want to bring our target audience to us, that's what I would do. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. As we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you, Michelle? Uh, this is so, so fun to be on, by the way. Um, my best advice is, is successful women feel the fear and do it anyway. I mean, that's just what I... You know, I called the book Do It Anyway, Girl, just kind of with that mindset. Like, just do it anyway. Do it afraid. Do it broken. Do it not perfect. It doesn't matter. That would be my advice. And to find me online, you can find the book at Do It Anyway, Girl. That, that's the, the link to the book that you can find out. Uh, get the book and see more about my world. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Michelle Cunningham. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com. Go to the podcast tab and the show notes. with the, All the nuggets of wisdom, including the links to her book, her profiles, will be right there. Hey, in order to be successful in life, in network marketing, in business, you must help others. So, Michelle, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, and God bless you. Thank you. Hey, ML Nation, do you ever struggle with consistency or worried about what are you saying the wrong thing, what to say back to your prospects? Well, now you don't have to worry. Go check out our BYOB. This is when you and I, we go together on Zoom and I'll guide you word for word on what to say. And I guarantee you can get at least one interested prospect for your business, service, or products by the end of the session. It's a ton of fun. Go check it out at mlnation.com forward slash BYOB. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan here with a recap from an amazing show with Michelle Cunningham. I love it. How to build your business as an introvert. Because, hey, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those introverts. All right, uh, introverts is basically, you know, when we 
hang out with others, we get drained. And we're by ourselves, we get charged up. But, you know, by being shy, it's really hard to create that conversation. And, you know, what Michelle shared is very similar to what my ha-ha moment was when my mentor told me, you know, but she says, successful women feel the fear and do it anyway. Right? So, I think, if you're shy, quiet, you think, wow, those people, they have no, no fear. The reality is, almost everyone, when they prospect, they have some nervousness and fear, but they do it anyway. Do it anyway, just like her book says. Do it anyway, girl, right? Do it anyway. And um, that was, was always in the back of my mind. My mentor, he's just told me, hey, successful people do things that unsuccessful people don't. So every time I didn't feel like doing it, I thought, hey, am I successful? Yeah, so I got to do it anyway. So I loved what she talks about, the hundreds of different ways to get leads. She gave five good ways, the jars, the digital jars, the can, the signs with the QR codes. She talked about the YouTube, talk about the uh, fabulous game, the referrals. I love that. And you know the story, a lot of times your worst meetings, your worst prospects turn out to be the best. And then vice versa. She shared about her worst moment to that little 10-minute presentation at the terrible apartment there. Ended up bringing her, you know what? Dozens and dozens, you know, the president of a sorority at, at a major university. Uh, and never would have happened she didn't do that, right? She talked about the deal or no deal. And that's another way to do that. I think that's fun. And, you know, I think you, she likes to have fun. Like, the business doesn't need to be, oh, I got to be suit and tie. It could be fun. You know, and know your target market. Her target market was moms. It got to be fun. If it's not fun, people don't want to, people want to do fun things, right? Fun things. I've talked about consistency. You know, you want to be successful, up your game. Hey, 100 meetings a month, okay? Prospecting 100 people, presenting to 100 people a month. And you know what? That's the 25 a week. You know, do it every single day. Great advice here too. One person will not dictate your success. And that will prevent you, you know, don't get into that, fall into the trap of the management mode. Hey, this is an awesome show. Go to mlnation.com, look at the podcast tab, Michelle Cunningham, you see the link to her show notes, uh, all the nuggets of wisdom, was to connect with her, and of course, also you can check out her book as well. And this is the episode I think you want to listen to again, right? Just the ideas, the psychology of lead generation and also what it takes, uh, how anyone can be successful. So thanks again to Michelle. Thank you for listening. Hey, you like this, please do me a favor. You thought I've given you value. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. And I appreciate that. And uh, go to share this episode with someone. Share this episode with someone who's shy. All right? Hey, us shy people, we rock. We can still do this in network marketing. Anyway, appreciate all of you for listening. Go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.